Blog Talk Radio. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Uh, before I get into um, you know, our show and all those great things, I uh, just want to say for all of us here at the Ken Reedy Show, our thoughts go out to uh, Bill DeMott and his family. Uh, a couple hours before going on to air, breaking news that uh, unfortunately Bill DeMott lost his daughter uh, in an automobile accident and uh, just, just tragic, tragic news. So uh, all of us here involved in the Ken Reedy Show uh, again, we'd like to send out our, our well wishes and our condolences to uh, the Bill DeMont, Bill DeMont and his family and uh, try to transition into um, our show tonight as we are the best in pro wrestling talk. And we thank you all for uh, your continued support and listening in. Uh, give us a call tonight, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. You can check us out on Facebook. That is Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show again. Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Right now, you know, maybe you're a little shy. It happens. Uh, maybe you don't want to give a give a call on the phones, the 347-838-9815, but you want, to get, you want your opinion heard. Go on Facebook. That is Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. we got a show chat going on there. We also, you know, we're going to talk about this really shortly. Uh, get on there if you want your opinion heard, but... Uh, as John Cena is getting set to uh, perhaps take a hiatus for a bit, uh, if, you'd rod, if you would like to elevate someone on the current WWE roster, who would you elevate? And we got that right now on the Facebook page. So get your opinions out there. Let's hear what you got to say. You can check us out on Twitter. Twitter is at the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is our Twitter handle. And our website, thekenreedyshow.com. We got uh, pictures, blogs, uh, Really great stuff over there on the website, so check out thekenreedyshow.com. And you've heard me go on and on about this, and I'm going to go on and on about it again. Uh, check us out on iTunes, 1640 PWPR, our exciting project that we've undertaken this year. It is, it is a station. It is a radio station dedicated to the best wrestling podcasts out there, 1640 PWPR. Go on iTunes. Type us in your, in the search right there, 1640 PWPR. It comes up. It is free to subscribe. Our show is on there. The King Firehawk, Cool Down with AC. 
that image guy, lots of great stuff on there. So you want to get on on board with the iTunes. That is 1640 PWPR. And we got lots of stuff to get into tonight. So without further ado, let me bring up my tag team partner and let's get this thing going. Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good on this fine, fine Columbus Day. Sorry, I forget it's Columbus Day because I actually had to work today. It's like, oh yeah, it's kind of a holiday. So if you're if you're if you're spending your Columbus Day evening with us, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for being on board. Um, lots of stuff to get into. First off, before we get into um, you know, lots of stuff with the WWE, and again, we're going to talk about John Cena perhaps going away. Who do you elevate? We're going to get into that. Um, but I got to say, you know, uh, this past week, uh, you know, as, as I enter into my, my wrestling training, um, you know, I was just with IWF. Uh, it, was, it was quite a week last week. First off, I, I, you know, Dave, I got to tell you, as I get in the ring and I learn things, you know, I, every so often, I'm not going to do it every week, but I, I'm going to share with you, uh, some of the valuable lessons I learn uh, while getting in the ring and, and taking my bumps and my licks and everything like that. And uh, one valuable lesson, a few kids out there, um, this is a very valuable lesson. If you get in the ring, okay, mind you, if you do not know how to properly do a schoolboy pin, you may just wind up with a handful of junk. And that is a very valuable lesson that I learned uh, the hard way, uh, being in the wrestling ring. So that was that was important. Um, the other, the, the better lessons I learned, I got to put the thank yous out there to uh, the Honky Tonk Man and Bushwhacker Luke uh, that were there. They gave a seminar last Wednesday. Lots of great uh, stories told. Lots of great lessons about storytelling. Um, so lots of great stuff from them. And uh, we had an event on Saturday night that went over really well. Uh, champion Ravishing Sean Donovan teamed up with uh, Bushwhacker Luke and Honky Tonk Man. And uh, I got to say, man, just uh, for, for that show, I was the ring announcer. And just being on a show uh, with those two on it was, was an honor. And I'll tell you, Dave, even just like just announcing their names, just just getting to say them and being part of it. Um, it was just really cool, you know, uh, Bushwhacker Luke, obviously WWE Hall of Famer, uh, for me personally, I think Honky Tonk Man should be a Hall of Famer, uh, but just a, a really great week of, of learning and, and, and being around greatness and, uh, Honky Tonk was cool, like, you know, backstage, uh, telling stories and, and hanging out. It's just, it was cool day, man. It's just like being in, in a locker room with, uh, you know, Honky Tonk Man. It's just, it's just, it's surreal. Yeah, and I, I I could only imagine. Uh, if I've seen some interviews with uh, the Honky Tonk Man, he, tell, he he tells a story pretty good um, in terms of you know, uh, you know his experiences in the industry with guys and interactions with promoters and his time in in, in certain organizations. So uh, you know, I, I I I like I said, I can only imagine what it was like hearing some of the stories that he had told to you and the rest of the locker room Saturday night. That was good stuff. So. Um... You know, let, let's get into it. I mean, as, as much as like we're going to talk wrestling, I think probably the most violent thing that we've seen on, on TV over the past week was uh, Utley's slide into uh, second base in the uh, NLDS. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's uh, a certifiable heel at this point. But, uh, um, 
in real life, and he's a jerk, and we hate him. Uh, but let's get into the pro wrestling talk. Uh, you know, we got it up there on the Facebook page, and uh, you know, one of the things we got to talk about is with with that the impending hiatus of John Cena. Uh, six weeks, uh, supposedly, that he is going to be gone. And, you know, the, the talk is now, who do you elevate? And and for me, and I I, I got a, a lot to talk about. And I'm going to, Dave, I want I want your, you know, input, and then we'll discuss. But there, there's a lot here. Like, you know, there's there's the idea of does he lose the U.S. title or does he keep it and just go away with the title? Um, if he loses the title, who should he lose it to? Um, if he does lose the title, does that person – continue to elevate the, the U.S. title? Do they back off the, the storytelling with the U.S. title at this point? So there's a lot of moving parts. And when I started thinking about this subject matter, um, it, it's, it's very intriguing because when I started thinking about the WWE and who should be in that spot, and I started thinking of the storylines going and the programs going on in the WWE, and I found the only word I could come up with um, was muddied. That, that things are a little bit muddied right now in the WWE. And, and by, what I mean by that is, like, you know, you have things with, with like, you know, Lesnar. And Lesnar's going after The Undertaker. But, but he, you know, you had to elevate. And, and Big Show has kind of been, you know, a glorified jobber for a chunk of time. But when it suits them, they elevate him to be this, this unbeatable giant. And so, uh, you know, we're supposed to take it seriously. Now he can take on Lesnar. Um, you know, you got Kane elevated to like the, the championship status now, so he's going against Rollins. The Rusev Ziggler Lana Summer Ray thing is is kind of weird. The Diva Revolution has been starting and stopping. I thought it was interesting. I mean, there's, there's reports of Paige being in the in the doghouse. She taps like pretty quick to to Natalia. Um, Ambrose has kind of become. Uh, Reigns is sidekick. I don't know exactly where they're going with Ambrose. I think New Day has been real good. But the weird thing was that they had New Day going after the U.S. title, even though they're in the tag title picture. I like the the Ryback-Owens. I think that's a good mid-card rivalry, but it, it's very simple. It's just, you know, uh, champion challenger kind of storytelling. So, I you know, when I when I look at all those storylines, and I do look at the fact that, that probably consistently – over a chunk of time, even though he lost the belt, got it back, that that open challenge continues to be uh, arguably the greatest thing on Raw. And personally, as, as a fan, I would want John Cena to lose that title over this six-week period and see someone else uh, take over the reins. But as I just you know put out the litany there of like these muddied storylines, I don't know who I would bet the farm on, who I would say – all right, insert this guy here. This is the guy. And as I look on our Facebook page, we have two two people actually have responded to our question on the Facebook page. Our friend Tony and Greg both said uh, Cesaro. Um, and we've heard a lot of things that Cesaro's in the doghouse. I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to Cesaro, but that where's the build for Cesaro to take on that spot? Um, so it, it, it's weird for me. I don't think that things have necessarily been terrible, and that's why I use the word muddied. Um, I, I don't like. I'm at a loss, Dave. Again, I think that he should lose the belt. I'm not sure who I would elevate because he's done such a good job at elevating that title. It would definitely be an elevation for someone to take on that role while John Cena is out. Oh, I totally agree with you. It definitely would be elevation for somebody to defeat him for that title, considering the amount of prestige that his character and the storylines have given that championship since he won it at WrestleMania. Um, 
maybe keeping it on Rollins for a little while and having him run that whole dual champion route uh, would have been better if if knowing you know far ahead in advance that Cena was going to be gone for an extended period of time. I don't know the creative decision as to why they put the title back on Cena. I liked, I didn't have a problem with him losing it, but I didn't have a problem with him winning it anyways because I had a feeling Rollins' character didn't want that title for the for the prestige of being United States champion. It was just another notch on his belt to prove he was the best, you know, the, the, the best guy around in the company. Um, but, you know, you mentioned names like Cesaro, Ambrose, um, even Adolph Ziggler, which it kind of looks like based off of what took place last week at the end of Raw, um, that's the direction they could that's the that's the top candidate, at least as far as how I see it, that could be the one to dethrone John Cena. And he's another guy who, who who's over like a million bucks with the audience, puts on a phenomenal show when he's out there in the ring, and um, you know he could talk, he, he could work in the ring. You know, I'm not saying that he could be the guy to carry the load full time, but he's he's somebody that you could rely on. And having him take the title off of Cena would definitely do wonders for his character because he's kind of been, I would say, over the past two years. Since losing the world title, he's been really on that roller coaster ride up and down in terms of uh, you know being relevant on in storylines and having a real major role. Um, you know, I mentioned those names. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I really enjoyed the end of last week's Raw. I love how they had New Day beat New Day. Three guys, three guys who are virtual, who were virtual mid carters, put together for the sake of being put together, and then they hit a home run with just about whatever they do creatively, and now they're probably the hottest act in the company right now, in my opinion. I think they could eventually, I'm not saying that this is automatically instant, but eventually they could have success, just as much success as the Shield had as a unit. I truly believe that. And it would not surprise me. Hell, I wouldn't be against it if they, let's say tonight, Cena wrestles Kofi, okay? That's the third guy he's got to wrestle out of a New Day. And then they announce at the pay-per-view that instead of the Dudleys facing New Day, it's going to be Cena against all three of New Day for the U.S. Open Challenge, and then New Day collectively beats John Cena, of course, some sort of shit-cannery heel tactics, to become the United States champion. It really adds to, to, to their stock. And obviously the company has some faith in them if they're having them interact with John Cena that way, and the closing moments of Raw, the end of Raw saw New Day standing tall over the Dudleys, John Cena, and Dolph Ziggler. Pretty big names on the WWE roster right now, but I don't necessarily see that scenario taking place. Like I said, there's a lot of different options. You could go with guys um, that, that, that could use the elevation, Cesaro, Ambrose, Ziggler, hell, even a Bray Wyatt or a Roman Reigns, but those guys are involved in something. I mentioned it last week on the show, and you disagreed with it, Ken, and I could understand why. But I mentioned Daniel Bryan, okay? Daniel Bryan's been popping up in the news here and there um, regarding whether he's going to return or not. There's been talk about him going to see another doctor to determine his in-ring future. I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that what he's telling you in interviews isn't exactly what it seems. I think there's a good chance he is coming back. I really believe that. And I think that if with John Cena being absent and the United States title and those U.S. Open challenges almost being non-existent on Raw with his presence being gone for the next six weeks, that you need something big to really like kind of make you almost forget that John Cena and those U.S. Open challenges are going to be gone. This is just an idea, but what if Daniel Bryan were to return as a surprise at Hell in the Cell and defeat John Cena? 
Now, hear me out on this, okay? Brian wins, upsets Cena, becomes the United States champion. Cena takes his sabbatical. The next night on Raw, Seth Rollins comes out, cuts a promo, discusses how Alan Macell will be remembered for his dominant victory over the Demon Kane. Nobody will ever, nobody will, will nobody's talking about Alan Macell with Brock Lesnar and Undertaker. Nobody's talking about Daniel Bryan returning to defeat John Cena. Out comes Bryan. The two banter back and forth. The authority makes a match. Champion versus champion. Monday Night Raw, Daniel Bryan's big return. They make a big deal out of it. They show videos leading up to the main event of the big moments that Brian has had in his career um, from, you know, the, the, the winning at WrestleMania 30 last year to winning the ladder match this year to returning to beating John Cena. You know, really beef it up. Match takes place. Both individuals, high impact, very fast-paced match. Rollins is setting up Brian for, for the pedigree when all of a sudden the pyro goes off and it's Kane. And he's ready to come down and take care of Rollins. Gets in the ring, he's got Rollins cornered. All of a sudden, Sheamus' music hits. At this point, Rollins thinks, oh, shit, I'm screwed. I'm about to lose my title. You know, Sheamus is going to cash in. Kane, wanting to prevent that so that he could be the champion, kind of corners Sheamus and in some way attempts to go after him. Sheamus turns around, lands the broke kick on Daniel Bryan. Rollins splits through the crowd, leaves. Kane goes after him. Sheamus hands the briefcase over to the referee. The authority, who's standing at ringside watching this match, is forcing the referee to make the count. Sheamus cashes in his money in the bank on the United States Championship instead of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, adding even more importance that the money in the bank winner would want to cash in to become the United States Champion. You get that short-term pop of Daniel Bryan returning, you get the people behind him and give them another reason to cheer for him because he's just been screwed again, and you have Daniel Bryan chasing Sheamus in the United States champion for the next four or five months heading into WrestleMania, and you don't have to worry about the responsibility of him holding on to a championship, yet you're still keeping him relevant in storylines. You know, I mean, number one, I think it's way too creative for what I'm seeing with the WWE. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of like it. I mean, I think it would be cool. I, I've I've wanted for for some time to see uh, someone cash in that that uh, you know it seems lost in the shuffle. But you know, my understanding was at least initially when the Money in the Bank came out, like you're allowed to cash in on any title you want. It always wound up being the 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 big one, but you know, I I, I think that would be cool, um, and it definitely would continue to elevate that title, and especially with the history that. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus have uh, that would be very intriguing. Um, like I said before, I mean, I, I like that's one of those things that storytelling wise, I love it. I, I think that would be that whole scenario works uh, so well as the you know that's that's the fan in me. If I was going to put on, not that I am, but if I was going to put on my CEO hat and uh, you know look at things, it's just it's difficult for me to put Daniel Bryan anywhere close to a title with his. Uh, his history, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that the the stuff that's going on with Daniel Bryan, especially when you're hearing a lot of mixed messages, there's you know the 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 next doctor. If I, if the doctor doesn't clear me, I'm going to retire. Uh, I definitely don't. Then there's the uh, the report that you know if the doctor doesn't clear me, I'm I'm going to be wrestling on the indie scene. Um, you know, I'm gonna, like it's just a lot of stuff going around. So I I would agree that I, it would not shock me at all. Um, if we see Daniel Bryan back 
uh, sometime soon. And maybe it's kind of one of those things that they use as a diversion. And I hope that, you know, it's not one of those cases where they have someone beat John Cena. They kind of pull back a little bit on the U.S. title. But kind of Daniel Bryan being back is almost like a good, a cool distraction. So, yeah, the U.S. title is kind of downgraded a little bit. Um, but Daniel Bryan's back, so that's kind of the focal point. Um, you know, who knows? It's an interesting name to throw out. And if Daniel Bryan is completely healthy... Uh, I think, uh, you know, him anywhere close to the U.S. title in Cena's absence would definitely help. I do really like your idea of, of New Day and New Day being in the mix. And, and you know, who knows how long, uh, you know, you keep the title, but almost like, a, you know, I, and look, I have all the respect in the world for uh, for New Day, so I don't mean this in, in any disrespect, but like a poor man's four horsemen, you know, where, where they all they have they all have a belt. Um, you know, and they, they kind of monopolizing the belts there. Um, you know, to me right now, and, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Dave. I mean, I, I do. I really like the program going on between Ryback and Owens. And, again, I, I like it because it's simple. And sometimes I think in wrestling, uh, you know, guys think they need to reinvent the wheel. You know, it's you got you got two big guys going after a title. One guy's a good guy. One guy's a bad guy. And they just want to beat the shit out of each other sometimes it's all it takes. So I like what's going on there. Other than that, you know, the most consistently entertaining thing on, on WWE programming right now is new day. And, you know, maybe, I mean, I, it's one of those things, Dave, where sometimes, you know, you run that risk of, you know, it's finding that balance of, you know, how much do you use something that's working, but make sure it's not overkill. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I love New Day. I love what they're doing. Um, how many segments and matches are going to wind up putting them in uh, where before it gets stale? Now, I love them because they seem to keep reinventing themselves, keep coming up with new and clever things. So I do think it would take a while for them to get stale. Um, and I do think it's an intriguing um, idea to throw that belt on them and uh, – kind of let them run with having the tag team belt and the U.S. title. Uh, it, it just, like I said, it just, uh, you know, to me, Dave, I don't know your thoughts, but I think that right now I find that very intriguing because that's the most consistently entertaining thing on WWE television. Well, that's one of the reasons why I mentioned it, you know, earlier, was that they are consistently the, the, the like you said, the most entertaining thing that's going on on Raw and SmackDown and, and, and in the main storyline. Um you, know, you, you mentioned you, you brought it up in your in your point about well how many segments can you put them in without the act getting stale? Well, here's another way that you could kind of you know get away from that. You could still go with the regularly scheduled tag team title match between New Day and the Dudleys at Hell in a Cell. The Dudleys finally get the win. Ten time WWE tag team champions they make a big deal out of that. New Day loses the titles. Okay, some people might consider it being them being buried for a couple of veterans, but I think working with the Dudleys in the long run has helped make them better. Later on in the evening, Cena's got the U.S. Open Challenge for the United States title. You don't have to advertise him wrestling somebody at the paper. You could just advertise him as the United States champion with the U.S. Open Challenge at the Hell in a Cell event. New Day comes out, and they're the ones that accept that challenge. All three of them collectively beat John Cena in some kind of, you know, heel chicanery, you know, some offbeat shenanigans taking place. And now you've taken the, the, the consistently entertaining act 
as New Day, and you are putting them with the, you are aligning them with the United States Championship, and you, now you're adding a different dimension to them as a stable because now they're they're holding a singles title, all three of them, and there's other different creative avenues you can go with that kind of scenario, and it will still make it entertaining. So you could even have them mock John Cena and his United States Open Challenge by doing a New Day Open Challenge, and Somebody will challenge New Day, but you never know which member of New Day is going to defend the United States Championship. I mean, I, I think that's something that, that could work. I would love to see something like that, too. Um, and it also gives something for John Cena to come back to when he eventually comes back in late December um, to have his, to, you know, to, when he returns. He'll return the day after Christmas, I believe, at the Madison Square Garden show, December 26th. It's, it's the next advertised match. So, you could begin a build of a little mini program heading into the Royal Rumble of John Cena and New Day for the United States title if you wanted to. Um, so that's one way that you could divert from the act being so stale with having them hold on to two different championships and being in so many segments, and, and eventually the gimmick would be overkill. So you could take the belts off them one night, but they're so mad that they lost the titles that – they found a way to get all three of them in the United States Open Challenge with the help from the authority. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think that could work as well. I'm curious, like, if you had to, if you had to bet money though, like now, I mean, that's a pretty creative avenue to, to go down. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to see it. I, I just, I, you know, it's, it sucks, but like right now, I just feel like, you know, when I think in terms of taking a chance creatively, I just, I, I don't see it. Um, if you if you were a betting man and just had to slot in someone, and let's just say Daniel Bryan's not ready to come back, who do you slot in to uh, take that belt? Well, first, actually, two questions uh, I want to ask you. Number one, okay, would you if you're a betting man, are you going to bet that he keeps the title during his hiatus and they just kind of have the title like not on WWE programming? Number one, number two, who would you slot in if uh, it wasn't Daniel Bryan or New Day? Well. Oh, let me answer it like this. I might answer it in three parts. <laughs> First off, I it wouldn't surprise me if Cena were to leave with the United States Championship and, and the championship takes a sabbatical as well. Okay, They did it last year with Brock Lesnar being the WWE champion, so it wouldn't shock me in the least bit if Cena won and left with the United States title and didn't come back for six weeks. It wouldn't shock me a bit. You'll, the Internet will explode, but it wouldn't shock me a bit. Would I bet in that direction? No. I would bet that he's going to lose the championship because I think also, too, it would go against the, 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 the core values and the belief that John Cena's character had when he first gained the United States championship back at WrestleMania, how he wanted that title to have prestige. He wanted it to feel important again, and that's why he decided to do these United States Open Challenges. Speaking of that, Daniel Bryan can't compete. If New Day's not in that slot, it was mentioned last week they proposed that storyline that Rusev wants gold around his waist before he before he decides to accept the proposal of Summer Rae. And it was just mentioned today that WWE acknowledged that Summer that Rusev and Lana are recently engaged, and that we were going to find out more about it tonight on Raw, which means they're, they've kind of split up Ziggler and, and they're not kind of, but it looks like they're going to split up Ziggler and Lana as an on-screen couple, and they might eventually move back in the direction of Rusev and Lana. 
what if Rusev is the guy to beat John Cena and take back the United States title, and it's all because of the help from Lana? He blamed Lana for losing it in the first place. Lana could maybe, quote-unquote, come to her senses, if you will, and decide to help Rusev get that gold back, and he'll regain the United States championship from the guy he lost it from in the first place. I'm kind of betting on Rusev, to be honest with you. I like it. I do. I, and I think, you know, it's funny because I, I, I'm right there with you. I could totally see the WWE just, just kind of putting the belt on hiatus. And I, and I hope they're thinking in terms of consistency and in, in character, you know, that, that uh, you know, a John Cena, that character at least, uh, he's either got to drop the belt or even the, that, that character would be more inclined to, uh, you know, relinquish the belt uh, than to just walk too. away. What was that? That's a good point too. You know, he, I mean, he, you could technically have him win at Hell in the Cell, and you could technically have him, uh, you know, hand over the title for for the sabbatical. But I, I think a lot of people know that he's leaving too. I mean, it was reported this morning. If it was first reported, he was taking time off for personal reasons, not due to injuries, but due to personal reasons. Now it's being reported that he's taking time off because he's going to shoot. A, um, a fitness-themed reality television show with the Fox Network, and it begins shooting the day after Hell in the Cell. So there's a there's a good possibility that he could relinquish the title too, depending on who he faces at the Hell in the Cell event. Interesting stuff. It'd be interesting if you know after like what's going on in, in the WWE with with Kane and Kane having a split personality and uh, it being put out there that this is kind of a ripoff of a. Uh, Joseph Park's Abyss storyline that was going on in TNA. Just imagine the internet if, like, John Cena relinquishes that title and they wind up having a a U.S. title series uh, for the new U.S. champion. Uh, God, everyone's going to be like, wow, WWE is just ripping off TNA every chance they get. Uh, Who knows? But that would be interesting if at least they they vacated the title and maybe – whether it's a tournament or uh, they just name two contenders, uh, and that way when John Cena comes back, he never actually lost his title. Who knows? Remains to be seen. But it is uh, intriguing to see what the WWE is going to be like without John Cena for an extended period of time. And speaking of that world title series, we're getting into that a little bit after the break. But right now, it is that time. It's that time each and every week where we get into it. The news, here it is. The Day 5 50-50 News Report. Good evening, and thank you for tuning to this Columbus Day edition of the Day 5 News Report, brought to you in part by the groundbreaking Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, 1640 PWPR. Search for us on iTunes and subscribe for free right now to listen to some of the most intelligent and informative pro wrestling podcasts today. Now let's get knee-deep into the news this week. Our first story this week, it looks as if TNA Wrestling is not out for the count yet. Yes, I'm well aware that I've made this statement before, but please don't shoot the messenger. Sources in the industry are stating that TNA may, in fact, have a good chance at finding a TV deal domestically here in the United States. The company is rumored to be negotiating with up to four networks and hopes they land a new home for Impact Wrestling. The networks and negotiations are unknown at this time, but one network who could be in the running is WGN America, who last year were in talks with TNA to air Impact. 
However, those talks fell through. WGN America wanted to sign TNA, but wanted to wait till mid-2015 to begin airing Impact Wrestling, something TNA was not interested in participating in. Company officials hope to have a new deal in time for the new year, but they do speculate that Impact could be off the air for a few weeks to a few months until a new home is found for TNA. The company does have an extension with Destination America until February of 2016, but they are looking to find a new TV home soon in the event Destination America decides to pull out of that extension early. As of this writing, TNA has a few weeks of TV left to air and a heavily speculated tour of India, but not officially confirmed at this time. On to the bad news for TNA in our second story this week. It has been reported that TNA has canceled several live events in the New Orleans area that were scheduled during Halloween weekend. Company officials say that the reason for cancellation was not due to poor ticket sales, but rather a logistics matter. Live events leading into last week's Bound for Glory event drew poorly, which is cause for speculation on the recent cancellation, according to Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer. Company officials have decided to pay TNA talent partially due to the cancellation of these live events. Speaking of Bound for Glory, PW Insider is reporting that the pay-per-view drew roughly 1,800 fans in attendance, with an overwhelming majority of those in attendance being comp comp tickets. As of now, it looks like TNA's live event touring schedule has been put on the back burner. Former TNA World Tag Team Champion and former TNA World Heavyweight Champion Cowboy James Storm has surfaced in the news this week as his pending arrival to WWE NXT was a hot topic among the dirt sheets this week. Speculation began last week as Storm was allegedly spotted at an NXT live event in Nashville, Tennessee. Storm on Twitter then refuted those claims. Fast forward to last week as a picture of Storm entering Full Sail University the morning of of the NXT Respect event helped grow the speculation on his pro wrestling future. His tweets associating himself with WWE and the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Awareness Foundation added even further to the gossip. Then it was reported that Storm was indeed backstage at the event to discuss a possible player-coach role with NXT. Storm would then debut in a match at the following evening's NXT TV taping. What followed was news coming out of that before his talks with WWE, Storm was offered a very lucrative deal with TNA. When news broke that Storm would possibly be a part of the NXT taping, TNA reached out to him and offered him an even bigger deal. At this time, Storm has not taken the TNA deal and has not signed a contract with WWE either. The deal WWE allegedly has negotiated with James Storm would be a similar deal to former TNA alum Samoa Joe. Storm would be able to finish out his indie dates while still working the NXT brand before becoming a full-time member of the NXT roster. Storm allegedly wants to weigh out his options first before agreeing to anything that is on the table from either side. In our fourth story, with a resurgence in women's wrestling over at the NXT brand, it looks as if a former WWE Women's Champion and 2014 WWE Hall of Famer, Lita, is now working with the company in a full-time capacity. Her job description is said to be of a backstage agent slash coach. Allegedly, Lita has been working WWE TV tapings and pay-per-view events, as well as sitting in on production meetings before TV and pay-per-view. Right now, there is no word on if she will make a return to the ring, but it's something that I'm sure WWE officials and Lita haven't ruled out just yet. And in our final story this week, three names have popped up in recent discussions with WWE creative 
in regards to having more of a presence on WWE TV. One of those names seems to be a long shot, but we might as well speculate on it. That individual in question is former WWE champion and former World Heavyweight champion, formerly known as Alberto Del Rio, but now known as Alberto El Patron. Allegedly, company officials are very interested in bringing him back, as they are still in need for a top Latin star to represent that market's fan base, so much so that several return scenarios have been discussed within WWE creative if he were to agree to return. Patron seems to be a long shot, as he's heavily rumored to be a part of the upcoming second season of Lucha Underground. No word on if Patron would be interested in a WWE return, as his departure from WWE came in controversial fashion over a racial remark by an employee that led to a physical altercation. <coughs> Excuse me. But if the right kind of deal would be put in place, then Patron may entertain the thought. The second name that come that that could see a larger presence on WWE TV is The Undertaker. The Phenom has been open to working more dates than usual in twenty fifteen as evidence as evidence of his multiple pay per view appearances with Brock Lesnar, including the upcoming Hell in the Cell event later this month. It's also rumored by the Wrestling Observer that Taker could be added periodically to more shows heading into WrestleMania 32 this upcoming spring. The reason behind Undertaker's larger presence on WWE TV is due to the fact that his health is in better shape, according to him. He's told WWE officials that he's recovered from his multiple shoulder procedures and that he feels good enough to participate more than usual. And the third name who we could see more on WWE TV is The Rock. Rock has been rumored to be working a match with Triple H at next spring's WrestleMania 32 event. But now, the Wrestling Observer reports that WWE and The Rock have been in serious talks as of late for a big return to WWE TV much sooner, possibly before the year ends. The Observer also notes that WWE's shop site was instructed to move The Rock's merchandise from the alumni section to the current roster section of that site which is an indication that we could see The Rock appear on WWE TV in the very near future. With news of historically low ratings taking over headlines and the rumors of Vince McMahon getting into panic mode, any one of the three names mentioned above could be brought back sooner rather than later to boost Raw's TV ratings. And there you have it. Thank you all for tuning in this week to this week's Day 5. Don't forget, 1640 PWPR. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now. And for a transcript of tonight's news report, Head on over to both the 1640 PWPR Facebook page as well as the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page to catch any news you missed. I'm Dave Rosenbluth. On this fine Columbus Day, I want you to take care of yourselves and each other. Back to you, Ken. Good stuff as always. I got to tell you, I just, you know, as you're doing the news, I was I was tooling around and someone posted a meme on Facebook of uh you got uh, all of New Day, three guys in New Day, and, and it says, Raw is in Chicago tonight. Hey, Xavier, can you play Cult of Personality on that trombone? <laughs> I'd love it. Hey, I, yeah, that would be like... I'd love oh, it. That would be it. Like, I would say New Day would be like my favorite of all time if they did that tonight. That would be killer. Um, but yeah, I digress. Uh, good stuff as always, you know, and... Uh, you know, it's interesting when you when you bring up like TNA and then you know the James Storm thing, and, and there's a lot of negativity. Uh, you know, TNA is shaking things up a bit, and it's a weird kind of thing when we talk TNA, and and we'll talk briefly, and we're gonna go to the phones in a bit three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, and and look, I get it, I get it. We'll talk a little TNA. If you want to talk TNA, cool. If not, I get it. 
You know, I, I mean, it's part of the reason why we don't talk TNA a lot on the show is that you fans kind of dictate and uh, you guys don't bring it up often. Um, but every so often, we, we got to. We got to. We'd be doing a disservice if we didn't bring up uh, TNA. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's a double-edged sword sometimes, uh, Dave, where you look at something that looks like it could be creative. It's something different. It's something you can get excited about. But on the other hand, you know, if we're all honest with ourselves and we use, like, recent history as any indication, uh, a lot of times TNA drops the ball, uh, storylines get lost, and, and I'll use that word again, muddied. Um, and, 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 you know, they kind of they kind of drop the ball a bit on things. Um, I don't know, you know, how I feel about this whole thing with the, uh, the world title series, uh, the injunction on their world title. Uh, now it's vacant. Uh, everybody on the roster is in this series. Um, it's just one of those things that could be really, really interesting. Uh, it could be something very different and unique, um, or it could be an absolute cluster F. Um, the big thing, though, that you know, when it comes to TNA and their ratings and the issues that, that they're having, as much as I'd love to be optimistic, I still don't see it as a needle mover. Um, I, I just think there's there's I don't know. There has to be more consistency in the storytelling. Uh, there's been way too much bad storytelling and way too much negativity surrounding TNA. So I don't necessarily see this as a needle mover, but I do see it as something that could potentially make uh, for some interesting, entertaining television. But it's it's so tough, Dave, with them over the past year to, to garner any sort of optimism uh, when they're heading forward in a new storyline. It is very tough because... There's been a lot of inconsistencies due to injuries, due to contract status, due to the company just not having enough money to sustain sustain certain individual salaries, and they got to cut pay, and it's just been very like that, that word muddied is like perfect. <coughs> Excuse me, um, but I mean, I, I think it's an interesting concept going out of points, uh, you know status with the with the with the rules that were set up. You got guys and you know, four four guys in a group. They all gotta wrestle each other at least once. Um and, you know, whoever comes out with the two guys come out with the most points head into the sixteen man or woman, because they got the girls involved, single elimination tournament. There's eight groups, so it's really like essentially a thirty two person tournament. Um the the entire roster is involved. Um I guess you could say it it, it makes the title important in some ways if you have the entire roster involved, but in other ways you could say that it, it, it downgrades the title if you have certain individuals involved in it that aren't world championship material. Um, so you can kind of look at it from both sides of the coin. Um, I will say this. TNA certainly is not afraid when it, it, when it comes to um, ideas to at least try something new, Okay. You know, the six-sided ring, when they first started, I mean, TNA was a much different product back then, but the six-sided ring was perfect for them. People criticized them because it, it wasn't traditional wrestling, but they were trying something different. They were trying to be an alternative at that time to WWE. Eventually, as years gone by, it, they tried to be more like the WWE. And I think, that was, I think that's been their biggest mistake, is that they've tried to do something that a sports entertainment company has been doing for over 50 years. And they're like... 12, 13 years old. So I think it's, I think it's, they got a lot of catching up to do in my personal opinion. Um, but you know, with the six sided ring, uh, the, the gimmick matches like ultimate X used to be a huge thing for the X division guys. 
Um, the King of the Mountain match, it's like the reverse ladder match. I thought that was a pretty cool concept. The Bound for Glory series with the point system, with guys wrestling in just regular matches, a tournament lasting a few months, heading into their biggest, their version of WrestleMania for a title shot. They used to do the Bound for Glory series matches on, on TNA house shows. So we kind of give the house shows a little bit more of an important feel to those in attendance. They thought they would be witnessing something, you know, a pretty big deal with these kind of matches that have implications for television storylines. Um, I, I give them a hundred percent credit. They're not afraid to try anything new. And with this world title concept, as long as there's consistency in it and the in-ring action bell to bell is good, then it could make for some entertaining and interesting television. Here's the problem. The big problem. The fact that they're not live. They don't have a live television program. The last time they went live was Bound for Glory, their pay-per-view. This world title series, and we don't normally post spoilers, but it's common knowledge that TNA has taped months and months of television in advance and crammed it all into a certain period of time. There was one week in the month of July where they taped this entire, well, not this entire, but virtually the majority of this world title series tournament um, at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. So, You've taped this months in advance. TNA lets their contracted talent, or should I say, they're not even really contracted anymore. Most of these wrestlers are on a per diem now, but they let these talents take indie bookings. What if somebody who's got a pivotal spot in this storyline in this tournament gets injured at an indie show in a match? That affects your storyline on television. So that's that's the negative that comes out of this too. There there can be consistencies with the rules and. The, the, the matches could be good, but if something happens behind the camera that could affect this, you're, you, you really, you're really setting yourself up for failure. But, but I, I, I don't want – I mean, we talk too negatively about it. I want to think positively. Saw some pretty decent matches the other night on TV. Um, I hope to see some, some, some more good matches when it comes out of them. I'm very optimistic that – you know, they keep hanging on and hanging on, but then I have my moments where I think, like, just shut it down. Just shut it down because the talent, it's not fair to the talent, it's not fair to the fans. It just comes, sometimes it comes across too Bush League for me. Uh, maybe my standards are a little too high when it comes to pro wrestling and its presentation, but um, I'm hoping they really turn it around. They get a network that's behind them because I think they've also gotten a bad rap, too. You know, they, 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 they essentially took a bad deal with Destination America, and hopefully there's going to be a network that's going to be behind them to help them. Um, continue to grow as a, as, a, as a professional wrestling entity. Yeah, because I think the biggest problem with them is that, you know, they they do have good ideas at times. It's just, it's the follow-through. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, I've learned over the years where you talk about storylines and, and everything, and I remember, you know, sitting, uh, you know, doing when I was doing NWA on fire and sitting in the, the studio with uh, Mario Savoldi and just, you know, actually you learn a lot of stuff. We, you know, we get to talk to people who've been in the business forever. And, uh, you know, he would say what you would do with a storyline is figure out your end and then work your way backwards uh, and figure out how everything's going to make sense. And so you don't really start from the beginning. You write your finale first and then you work your way backwards. Um, which which makes sense. Like when he said it, I'm like that that totally makes sense. Um, it just seems like at times with TNA, when they come up with storylines, uh, you know, it, it's it's all it's it's like hey, we got this great new idea, you know, and then 
like a couple weeks after, it's like, oh, geez, how do you think we're going to do this? You know, and and then it kind of, you know, these these things that start off really strong kind of peter out or let's keep using the word get muddied. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I again, like as a wrestling fan, you want wrestling to be better. You want more wrestling out there. And I'm not rooting for them to, to fail. But, you know, again, as as you're a betting man, you start looking at things and you're like, wow, you know, every time I've been optimistic about something that TNA um, is embarking on, uh, it, it usually doesn't work out to the positive. So uh, it remains to be seen. The, the biggest problem, I think, for them, Dave, and I, and I really when you hit the nail on the head with, the you know, getting a network that's going to get behind them, I, I think the problem with them right now is – even if they hit this tournament out of the park, I still don't know if it's a needle mover for them. I still don't know if it's really going to all of a sudden, like people are going to start taking notice. I think there's been too much negativity surrounding them that they really need a network that uh, is not only going to put them on TV, but really help to publicize. Because I, I think even if they, you know, it, it's the old, if, the, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there, it doesn't make a sound. Um, you know, if you put on a kick-ass wrestling show and, and nobody's watching, does it really matter? And and that, so it's a double-edged sword. I, I don't know if, you know, even if it, I mean, Dave, I'm curious your thoughts, because I'm I just looking at this, even if this tournament kicks ass, um, will it be enough to uh, displace the negativity surrounding the company right now? What's hard with this scenario, and like I said earlier, is the fact that they've already taped the majority of this tournament. And so people have the access to get these results it's not like they're ta- it's not like they're going live each wednesday night and you don't know what the outcome of the match could be because it's a live television show so therefore it's almost like a domino effect in a way if the if the show went live and you watched the kick-ass match from this tournament let's say mr anderson and bobby Lack. They already wrestled, actually, but just for argument's sake. And they tore the roof off the place, okay? You're watching it live, okay? You didn't expect to see it. Your expectations were, were, were outdone. You, you outdid yourself. And then you call your friend who's a wrestling buddy. Hey, man, you got to check out Impact. They just had this badass match between Anderson and Lashley. It's in this tournament. You never know what's going to happen with this world title tournament series. I mean, to me that could potentially be a needle mover if it were in a live format. But because it's been taped, I think it's very difficult for people to to um, to really get emotionally attached. And I think, too, because the company has gone through so many different kind of reboots, whether it be with you know in the creative process or with guys on the roster and with certain storylines. It just almost seems like that the company's been – rebooted and restarted so many times. It's very similar to what happened towards the end with uh, World Championship Wrestling. And I think a lot of people just kind of given up on the product. I really do believe that. And I think a lot of the, the, the hardcore TNA audience that, that has watched from the beginning, I truly believe, I don't know this for a fact, but it's just my belief that I think that those fans are gone. I think a lot of that has to do with the homegrown TNA talent that are no longer with the company anymore. One of those names in particular, AJ Styles. He was the guy. He was their man. He was their John Cena for a long period of time. But he wasn't treated like their John Cena. You know what I mean? He was treated like the guy that they come in and, and, and use to, to, to uh, put on good matches and to fix things when their, their supposed top guy is already messed up. So I, I think that the, the core audience that used to watch TNA, I think 
you know, they look at it and like, this isn't the TNA that we know and love, and this is them just really trying too hard to stay relevant. I, I truly believe that, the, that, that their core audience has turned on their product, and that's why this world title series, it might not be, it, 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 you know, for all intents and purposes, I don't think it's a needle mover. Yeah, you know, which again, like you know, begs the question, like you know, where does where does TNA go from here? And uh, you know, I, I don't have the answer. It's it's just uh, you know, and I, I I hope the tournament's cool. I hope I, I can get into it as as a wrestling fan. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that hardcore, uh, you know, the, their audience that stuck with them uh, is is starting to leave or has been leaving. Uh, so now they're in a place where they have to, you know, attempt to build a, a new audience, and you're going to need a network that's that's behind you for that. So it, you know, remains to be seen. Again, I think it's a cool concept, but uh, we'll see how it goes uh, moving forward. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We had a bunch of stuff tonight. You know what? Uh, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to talk TNA and then what they're doing. You want to talk WWE. You want to talk. Who's going to take Cena's slot? You want to, uh, geez, you want to talk IWF? You want to talk Pro Wrestling Magic? You want to talk ROH? Or whatever. Just bring it. Again, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones because we got Rocky on the line. Rocky, how you doing this evening? Doing good, Ken. Dave, how are you guys going? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Uh well you you guys uh, you guys have put forth a lot of good points on a lot of different subjects so I'm just going to try to uh to hit on as much as I can as far as uh, as the title hunt for the US title if Cena's going to drop it uh, I do agree that in my in my opinion Cena should drop the title it should remain relevant like Dave said would I be surprised if it goes away for a bit I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, being that Cena is going to do his thing after Hell in the Cell, I wouldn't put it past you know WWE to put a build a build to it to Hell in the Cell. And again, you know you guys, you know Dave is going all out there with with, with his uh, with his fantasy booking, and I love it. And I agree with you, Ken. If that was if that was the way it went. I'd be happy as a fan. I'm going to throw a couple of names out there that you guys have pretty much already mentioned, but really they're in the rumor mill. Well, one, one is, one isn't. A, for for a match on a pay-per-view for an, op- for an open challenge title match, I wouldn't mind personally seeing Alberto Del, Del Rio come back. I was always a big Alberto fan. I think... Him and Cena did have a, a good amount of chemistry when they had their matches. But also, another name that really hasn't been in the rumor mill, but considering that, you know, you've you heard Storm and and his toying with coming to WWE, can you imagine if they pull the coup and grab Bobby Roode and have him debut on Hell in a Cell for that U.S. title belt? What do you think? You know, it's funny, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't see it happening, but I would love it. I, you know, it's like one of those like fantasy booking things. Uh, you know, they've been so, uh, you know, apt to, you know, these guys coming in from other companies. I mean, they're going to start in, in NXT. They're not going to, 
you know, they're not on the same level as a WWE uh, superstars, and it's obvious that that's like the tack they're going to take. Um, so I, I don't see it happening, but I'll tell you, I love Bobby Roode. Uh, I think Bobby Roode's got all the talent in the world, and if if his whatever his music would be in the WWE, if it was an open challenge and and he showed up, I I I would mark out. I think that'd be tremendous. Yeah, I, like you said, I, I don't see it happening. It'd be nice. It'd be a great fantasy book, but uh, you know that. They, in my feeling, they do have to inject some new blood in that title hunt, though, because, you know, Rusev being thrown around. Okay, he's held the belt before. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Cesaro with it, but the question is, how do you get from that point A to point that point B? You know, the, the like like it's been said several times tonight. It's a it's a muddy picture. That being said, as far as uh, as far as TNA is concerned. Uh, I I got it's a it's a sinking ship. I I don't know that the only in my view the only two ways that you can possibly prop it up to make it survive, you either have to create either get a real big name, or you're going to have to court controversy, something to get the eyes on the product because like you said, Ken. If you're putting on uh, if you're putting on five star matches that that's nice, but if nobody's watching them, well, you're just spinning your wheels. And just especially in this day and age, if you're not doing a live uh, a live product, if you're doing a recorded product where in the information age results can be out in the blink of an eye, you know who who's going to sit there and watch? Who who's going to? I'll just look up the results and save myself a couple hours. No, no big thing. So you know, TNA is really it's flopping around on its last legs. Uh, I wish I knew what what because originally when the product came out, I thought it was very intriguing. I thought it was very eye catching, and it just seems that that ship has sailed and sunk. Uh, and as and I'm trying to remember the other point that you hit. Oh, I. Also, I don't know if you guys uh, got a chance to hit on it, but definitely condolences out to uh, Bill DeMott's family. I know uh, in the news it was given that his daughter had uh, gotten a car accident and passed away tragically. I don't know if you guys hit on that earlier today. Yeah, we, we touched upon that at the top of the show, but yeah, just a, just a horrible, horrible story. And uh, yeah, again, you know, condolences out to Bill DeMott and his family. Just uh, really just terrible news. Yeah, yeah, that was said. Uh, in in closing, uh, with tonight's product, as far as Raw is concerned, I think that the uh, I think that the WWE definitely is at a point now where they have to be careful with the New Day, because you know when C- when John Cena came to prominence. And he was putting on his matches, and he was getting the crowd to pop heavy. You know, that was great. But as we all know, that overexposure really soured him to a large amount of the fan base. Now, you know, new, I agree. New Day is great. I love seeing them. Their antics are hilarious. But how much of that do you put on with, you know, t- trying to mitigate that risk of them burning out too soon 
and just essentially having a Team Cena situation on your hands? Uh, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I, I do agree with you. I think you got to always be careful. Now, now, the good thing with, with them is that they keep coming up with new and, and kooky things. But, again, you know, things, you know, audiences can sour on things. Things can get old uh, quickly, and, you know, you have them in too many segments. I mean, right now it's great. And right now they're the most consistent thing, consistently entertaining thing on WWE television. But, uh, yeah, you got you got to be careful. you got to be careful that it does not get stale. Rocky, good stuff as always. Thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Rocky. Yeah, good stuff from Rocky. I mean, you know, it sucks when we talk TNA. I mean, it does, you know, boils down to a lot of negativity, which is, you know, uh, in recent memory. Um, you know, Dave, I, you know, he, Rocky brought up a great, you know, fantasy booking. I, I don't see it happening uh, remotely, but... I, I, you know, I said I'd pop for it. Uh, it got Bobby Roode's music hit for that open challenge uh, or whatever music it was, and, and he started walking down that ramp. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, I mean, it would be pretty cool. I, 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 I couldn't see him jumping up to the main roster like that. I mean, Jim Ross mentioned in his blog that WWE needs to sign Bobby Roode because he's a good hand in the ring, just a phenomenal talent. I think he would do extremely well in NXT. I really think he would. I think if he had... A long, uh, let me just put it to you this way, shooting him up to the main roster right now, coming from a dying brand like TNA, is not good, okay? Because it would perceive him as less of a superstar than the rest of the guys currently on that roster. Would it be a cool moment? Yeah, it would. But I think in the long run, it won't be good for him because he'll be coming from a dying brand. If he reestablished himself, starting in NXT, and then maybe having a long run as an NXT world champion, similar to his run, his record-breaking run as TNA World Heavyweight Champion, and then jump him up to the main roster, then, then I think that would be pretty damn cool. I think it would be that much better. Remains to be seen. It's all like John Cena and the big question mark going forward, a big issue uh, going forward for the end of 2015 with the WWE. Let's go back out to the phone, 347-838-9815. We got Anthony on the line. Anthony, how you doing today? What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Uh, you know, uh, real quick on the, uh, the Cena with the U.S. title deal. Uh, I could just kind of envision in my mind, they've already kind of teased it in a couple of different ways with Ziggler. So I think they may go that route and put that belt on Ziggler. Um, and maybe it's a play on Cena and Ziggler down the road. Uh, personally, what I'd like to see is, you know, a guy like they seemingly buried again in Cesaro. You know, his music hit and an open challenge type of deal. Because I think that would get a huge pop, and maybe that gets him back on track. But for whatever the reason, they don't seem to be want, they, they don't seem to want to push him ever. Um, but as far as, like, the TNA stuff goes, I think they're doing some good things. That The Global Force Invasion stuff was good. Um, I like the fact that they're taking some guys that maybe – were misused or, you know, didn't make it in WWE and kind of, like, reinventing them a bit uh, with Galloway and, you know, even even with EC3. And they're planning on doing it with Bram before he did what he did. But I like that aspect of it. But it just seems like it's, it's always two steps forward, three steps back with them, whether it's their fault or not their fault. 
They're clearly not a great network. We know that. I don't think it's a great network for Ring of Honor either. Um, you know, they got guys like Meltzer who just totally sabotaged them a couple months ago in, in May. Um, even even the good things they do, they're always they're always just there's always seems to be this cloud over them the last couple of years, and it's almost like even the fans like like me who went away and now wants to give them another chance. It's like in the back of my mind, I'm always like, you know, what's going to happen next that's just going to totally, you know, set them back to square one again. And, and of course, the not being live is just a major problem because, I, I, I mean, I personally can't stand spoilers, but there seems to be a lot of people that are like, oh, let me go find out what happened. Eh. And it almost, they get a preconceived, you know, thing of what really happened instead of actually seeing the match was the match good was the match bad well I already know who won it now so why do I want to watch it um, I think for a company like Ring of Honor where the fans like we just like to see really good wrestling matches like I don't think it's as big a problem obviously the fan base isn't as big as the TNA but when you're ha- when you're in that kind of storytelling type company that TNA is I think with all your stuff being out there like like Dave said, months in advance. They shot some of this in July. Uh, I think that is definitely a major problem for them. And, I mean, they may get a network, but are they really going to get a network that's going to put the kind of money they the kind of backing they need to really put on a live show? And that's going to be tough. And we saw the hype video for, for Global Force. which looked really good. You know, it's like a new concept. I, I kind of like the idea of, of these, these other companies not trying to be WWE, being their own brand. I mean, Lucha, Lucha Underground has done that phenomenally. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Global Force doesn't even have a network. So how is TNA, which is kind of, I mean, I don't know how TV people view this stuff, but you got to think if you're a TV executive saying, you know, third network in less than two years, I mean, that can't be a good sign for them. No, I agree with you. I mean, it, it's very difficult, you know, to to get behind um, TNA at all. As much as you you want to, uh, it's just very difficult uh, with with the recent history. And and you bring up a good point. You know, there's, you know, and you know results. Um, you know, and, and the match could kick ass, but knowing results kind of hurts you a lot of times, especially when you're trying to tell a story. You know. I mean, case in point, you know, WWE, I mean, let's take, for example, you know, John Cena, uh, you know, obviously a lot of negativity surrounding him. You know, if, if Raw was taped and you're reading that John Cena won again, you know, it's like he may have put on a kick, kick-ass kick match, but you don't like John Cena, so maybe you just don't bother watching. Um, you know, it, it's with all the negativity surrounding TNA, it's, I don't know, it just becomes a why bother. And I, I do think that, you know, as much as the ratings in the WWE has been a huge story, and I think there's a lot of contributing factors, it's, look, I, I don't think WWE is firing on all cylinders right now. However, I do think there's other contributing factors, like, uh, you know, there's there's so many other entertainment avenues, there's so many other things to watch out there, and, and I, I think that stuff is really, really hurting TNA. I mean, TNA does not have that audience where, you know, any wrestling fan, I'll just throw this on because it's the only thing to watch. There's so many things to watch now that if, if you have a program that's not grabbing people, people are just going to walk away. And the diehards are walking away. And it's it's difficult for those of us who have walked away 
to believe in the fact that they're going to turn it around. And, and you know, again, and on this show, I mean, I hate doing this. I really do. I hate getting on this show uh, being negative. I, I really try to keep it as positive as possible. we got to do what we do on the show. But, I, I, like, 90% of the stuff we've talked about over the past few years with TNA has, has, has been negative. So, you're right. It's like you got to bring the fans back, and you're going to need a network to really back you, and you're going to need to put out a good product. And when you talk about all these, well, if they get this and if they get that, they got like, you know, 10 different ifs that they have to, to you know, have to go in the positive for them to, you know, move in the right direction. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's it really is just, they're like, you know, borderline flatlining. It's like they're just kind of plugging away and, and I you know it's sad but I feel like most wrestling fans were all sitting there wondering like you know when is that dirt sheet report going to come out that you know TNA set to close their doors uh you know a month from Tuesday you know or so you know you just feel like I, I get that's what we're all waiting for you know what I mean yeah and I think the other thing too is um you know with them they're I, I know this for a fact I mean their schedule is so messed up I mean, they had a indie, you know, guys that are working the indie scene, like the Hardys and the Wolves, booking booking big indie shows and then pulling them. I guess contractually they could still pull them, so they pull them at the at the last minute. I know uh, one of the indie companies around here had to cancel a show because of it. I know they're they're pulled off. Uh, the Wolves were pulled off that show and were pulled off another big show that's going on in Providence. The Hardys been pulled from shows, you know. At one point, is that kind of not fair to the people that are working, working, you know, working with you or working for you? Um, and I think, you know, with that network, I say it's a problem for ROH, too, because I don't think anybody's finding shows on that network by accident, you know, meaning, like, they're not watching anything else. Like, guys like us aren't watching anything on that network ever. You know, when you're on Spike TV... Uh, you know, you might put on a bar rescue. You might put on a, you know, a Bellator fight and then be like, oh, holy shit, there's a wrestling show on Spike out. Maybe I'll give it a try. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think, and, you know, the tape thing, see, the thing is, like, with Ring of Honor, for who they are right now, they're okay. I mean, really, with that, I don't, I don't necessarily think that show is helping them or hurting them in any way. Um, but, you know, I, I've had... It has. I don't think it's helped them gain a lot of viewers because I've talked to people who watch that show and they're like, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't really get it." This and the other thing. I mean, they went out. They opened with a lot of New Japan stuff, which I thought was a mistake too, because I think you weren't really defined on who was a Ring of Honor guy. Uh, you're also talking about tapings that are six, seven weeks old. I mean, they're showing. They showed a taping from Field of Honor, which was you know seven weeks. The show you were at. Yeah, it was it, you know they showed that this week. Now, mind yeah, you, there's cool. so much there's so much stuff going on in Ring of Honor that right now that nobody that nobody who's only watching that show is gonna they're not gonna find out about it for two months from now. You know, AJ Styles is the number one contender for the Ring of Honor title. You don't see that on, on Ring of Honor TV right now. Uh, Adam, Adam Adam Cole swerved everybody. They thought he was going to yep, be siding siding with uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And now he's back with the kingdom. It was a big swerve. It was it was booked awesome. But you're not seeing that on TV. You're only seeing that if you buy if you buy the pay per views and the i pay per views. So, you know, it's it's the same kind of thing for them. Where I, I think their growth. I mean, I don't know if a company 
that size is going to get that kind of TV deal. Here's, that's going to really get them going, though. Here, here, here's the, here's the, here's another problem that I think that hinders the entire industry as well. Not just Ring of Honor and TNA, but I think this this doesn't this doesn't necessarily this doesn't help either of those brands. Okay, advertising revenue is extremely hard to sell during pro wrestling television shows to networks. Okay, extremely hard. Okay. And I think the you know as much as we hate that word sports entertainment, WWE has done a great job over in the last thirty plus years of branding their form of pro wrestling as sports entertainment and the characters and the merchandising and the marketing and everything in between. They have branded it as an entertainment company that tells a story about wrestling. Okay, and that to advertisers is seen. Is something different than just pro wrestling. The you know the the old uh, you know white right. trash redneck kind of you know vibe that pro wrestling used to get to mainstream media and to advertisers. So it's that's enough. That's a big reason as to why TNA and Destination America are on the outs because it is really difficult for Destination America to get advertising revenue, and that's a big part of. The income in WWE is advertising revenue, the, the money that they make from the networks that are paying them to air their shows, and um, sponsorship. That's huge. Do you see a sponsor ad? Do you see a sponsor ad take place during Impact or Ring of Honor, like 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 anything, like like Gatorade or anything like that? No, you don't, because they don't want to associate with pro wrestling, and I think that's a big mistake. Because if you if you Pro wrestling fans are loyal. We're talking about dying products on the show that we still technically watch. Pro wrestling fans are the most loyal fans of anything that I can ever imagine, okay? Of any genre, sport, TV show, whatever, okay? I think it's just, I think that's one thing that's really, that, that, that's not necessarily Ring of Honor or TNA's fault. It's just that people in the television industry look at pro wrestling as like, like I said, that white trash, redneck circus kind of stuff that they don't want to attach their product to to advertise during their programming. So I think that's another thing, too, that's really hurt both TNA and Ring of Honor. The, the, the stuff you mentioned about Ring of Honor, you're 100% spot on. Like, uh, But that's another co- topic for another day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you 100% about the, the advertising thing. And, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know if anything like that's going to change. And, and to your point, we all will, because I'll be honest with you, you guys you guys know me. I I pretty much am not really a fan of much of what is being done on Raw these days, or I haven't even watched SmackDown anymore. Um, but I, I don't know. I still got to watch it because I'm, in my mind, I'm waiting for, you know, that one angle or that one, you know, you know, hot moment that you just go nuts and, you know, everything turns. Because, you know, like, it, it always cycles where you have, bad times, and, you know, that that's one thing you guys had Kevin Knight on last week, and I, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with anything, everything he said. I agree with some stuff, disagree with other stuff. Uh, the one thing he said that I do disagree with is that it'll never come back. I, 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 I can't see that because I could just see, I understand right now you don't have that other star to go to. Cena's leaving, you don't have him. Daniel Bryan's injured. They haven't done a good job of building that other star yet. But you know, eventually, they're one of these guys is just going to hit it, and you know, maybe a couple of them will. You know, maybe Vince takes a step back and lets Triple H book a little more like they are booking in NXT. So it's going to take time. But 
I'm not going to totally turn it off because I know that there will be eventually that one show or that one pay-per-view or that one moment where you're like, boom, and then everything's back on that upswing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I do agree everything is cyclical. Um, I agree. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff uh, Kevin and I said uh, rings true, and, and some of it perhaps not. But, um, yeah, it's just it's tough right now. It's tough. But, again, like, you know, Dave says we're all loyal fans, and, uh, you know, we stick with it. Um, you know, and right now it's just, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think the WWE has been kind of muddy. TNA is what it is. So it's not like it's it's not a strong time of year right now to be a wrestling fan. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But, uh, you well, know. Be honest, so, I'll make one more quick point. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I think that's why I'm, like, so much into the indies right now. Because you kind of, you go to an indie show, you have a good time, and then, you're you're kind of away from it for a little bit, you know, and then boom, you go to an indie show, you have a good time, you you know, you don't you're not dealing with it day to day. You just go there, watch some good wrestling, and you know you're out of there. And I think I think that aspect is pretty cool of, of being an indie wrestling fan, and why that's probably where the majority of my fandom lies right now. That's good stuff. I mean, support your indies. I know you are big on the independent scene, so. uh yeah, it's good stuff. It's good when you get to see a good indie show. I mean, uh, you know, you might be seeing the next future star. Good stuff as as always, Ann. Thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take care. I'll talk to you. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Take it easy, buddy. It's good stuff from Anthony. And I just watching, like, the pre-show for uh, Monday Night Raw on the WWE Network. And, uh, you know, they were discussing... Perhaps people that might be involved in going after the John Cena's Open Challenge, and uh, they're talking about New Day and, and their possible involvement there, and then they brought up the name Dolph Ziggler. Um, so who knows? Uh, as they're continuing to talk on the WWE Network, we'll see if they put uh, any other predictions. But uh, you know, interesting stuff uh, with that, and then Dolph would be an interesting name to to put in the mix for. Uh, the U.S. title, and definitely a guy, you know, if you're looking at a guy who could kind of take up that mantle uh, with an open challenge and, and putting on, like, kick-ass matches week in and week out, uh, Ziggler would be an interesting choice there. Ziggler would, and I, I, like I said at the beginning of my 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 thoughts on this situation regarding Cena's sabbatical, I think that's the, the, the direction they are going to go in, um, that Ziggler would be the guy to beat John Cena for the United States title. And I think that's something that could definitely add a little more spark to him. And coincidentally, timing matters in, in wrestling. Sometimes it's ironic and it just happens, but I think sometimes it's really planned. Isn't it funny that a few weeks ago, Total Divas did a storyline where Ziggler was trying to chase after John Cena's girlfriend behind his back, wanting to get back together with Nikki Bella. And now John Cena is going to take a sabbatical and Ziggler's going to, Ziggler was involved with him, uh, you know, last week on Raw trying to challenge for the U.S. title, and he's rumored to be facing him at the pay-per-view. I don't know. I just, I, I think sometimes, you know, timing is everything. So I think coincidence this was kind of meant. Yeah, a, 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 a big coincidence. I think this was kind of meant for him in a way. But the other, I like the other theories too. I, I, I you know, the other theories I mentioned earlier about Brian and New Day, it could, it could work. Rusev, it could work. There's a lot of different avenues they can go that will help that individual, and John Cena doesn't lose anything from it. Yeah, and, I think, and, and you're right. Like timing is everything in wrestling. As looking back on Ziggler's career, I mean, time, you know, the timing of his uh, 
ill-timed concussion, you know, uh, really stymied a push that he was in the midst of. So, uh, yeah, right place, right time is definitely part of it in pro wrestling. And if Ziggler gets that spot and gets to run with that U.S. title, uh, good for him. We, we've always liked Ziggler here, and we think he's a guy that can, uh, you know, definitely maintain that uh, uh, notoriety with the open challenge. Uh, you know, do we have him turn heel, or is it face versus face? And we see Ziggler uh, maintain that face status. Who knows? It remains to be seen. Definitely a cool candidate. One guy, you know, his name keeps coming up, and he keeps coming up on the Facebook. And, you know, you hear the dirt sheets, and again, I get it. I get it. Take everything that you hear on the dirt sheets with a grain of salt. I get that. But you, you start to hear this stuff where, like, Cesaro is in the doghouse. Um, you know, you, you start to think, and I hate to say it, Dave, and, and, you know, the guy's talented as hell. And, by the way, on the pre-show for Monday Night Raw, WWE stars Lana and Rusev are engaged. So they are putting up the TMZ report on the Raw pre-show on the WWE Network. So um, we'll see if they're just going to completely uh, ignore that or how they're exactly going to address that on Monday Night Raw. But it is completely and totally uh, out there for the world to see. Uh, so I'll be adding Lana, I guess, at some point as part of this storyline. Remains to be seen. But anyway, back to my point. Um, with the, the, the absolute um, just starting and, and you know screeching on the brakes stopping of, of Cesaro's pushes, um, as much as, yeah, I think Cesaro would be a perfect candidate ability-wise when I look at what that guy brings to the table. Uh, yeah, like that, that, that slot right there, the U.S. title, strong mid-card guy, put a belt on him, put on kick-ass matches. I mean, that's a slot that's like tailor-made for Cesaro. Unfortunately, I'm really starting to think, and I hate to say it, that it's just not going to happen. Um, I don't know why, and I'm not, you know, maybe Cesaro's an asshole. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe behind the scenes, he's difficult to work with. I don't know. You know, you hear the reports that he might be in trouble with people in the back. Again, I don't know. Um, but when you look at everything that's happened, and it just seems like a no-brainer and you know and he's one of those guys that that he's he's over with like the internet crowd he's over with guys like us um you know his in ring work is is impeccable he's a guy that made those idiots on tough enough actually look halfway decent in the ring so he can go in there with guys who maybe aren't as good and make them look better uh to me cesaro is a total package can't put my finger on why exactly this is happening but Unfortunately, Dave, when I start to think about Cesaro, I honestly start to think that this is just never going to happen. Uh, I'm beginning to get to that point, too. I'll be honest with you. It's sad. I think the most success we could see coming from him is if, you know, Tyson Kidd, when Tyson Kidd returns and they reform that tag team because they had done so well together as a team. Um, but at the same time, though, he's been out, he's been kind of, you know, pushed to the back and, not necessarily on the radar right now to, to the uh, to the keen eye of the television viewer. And it would not surprise me in the least bit if he is actually the challenger for the United States title. There was a report out a few weeks ago, of course, you know, you take this with a grain of salt because this came from the dirt sheets, that John Cena is a very big fan of Cesaro's, always has been. Um, and he's even lobbied at times to management and creative to do something more with him. Something very significant. Um, could this be a situation where Cena has told management that 
I want this to be the guy. Let's make it happen. He works hard. He's over. He deserves it. I mean, that's that. If I were to go through a list of guys and go one by one, like from from first to wherever, so who's a candidate and, and a strong possibility? I put him. I put Ziggler as one, and New Day. New Day is like one A, but like Cesaro would be two, in my opinion. I really or two or three because. He just wants, sometimes you, when when you think the obvious is there, like right in front of you on the television screen, they have a tendency to just kind of throw you a curveball. Okay, we all thought, and I was betting the farm that Roman Reigns was going to win Money in the Bank earlier this year. Who did they give it to? They gave it to Sheamus. Okay, I kind of have that feeling. This is this might be that tailor-made spot for Cesaro, and they were just waiting for the right time, and now's that time because Cena's going to be gone. So. Um, my top three as to who could be the one to dethrone him, Ziggler, New Day, or Cesaro. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, like I said, I think that's a tailor-made spot for Cesaro. And who knows, you know, again, like, drink every time we say grain of salt. But take it with a grain of salt. You know, when you hear this stuff, on, and, and it is it is kind of, you know, known that the WWE will purposely float rumors out there just to throw people off the scent. And when when you look at like that whole idea of like that open challenge, and there's always that 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 the shock value of the music that hits adds to the the, the moment, adds to the the dramatic nature of of the open challenge. So you know, could it be a situation? Now I, I agree, like the Ziggler thing, timing looks like it's it's all all the stars are lined up for Ziggler to be the guy to get that spot. But could it be something that you know rumors are circulated purposely? Cesaro's in the doghouse. He's kind of pushed to the back burner. He's no, he's not around at all. When he, when it's an open challenge and his music hits, the pop is going to be even bigger because he's kind of been off raw. Uh, you know, now is that something that they're going for? I have no idea. I'm just speculating, but it definitely would add to the dramatic nature of the open challenge if Cesaro is not only the guy that answers the bell, but winds up winning and at least holds it for those six weeks and picks up the mantle of that, that open challenge. So, again, a spot for a guy that's like uh, seems to be languishing a bit, uh, you know, you know had, really doesn't have a spot, it would definitely be the perfect spot for him. But, uh, you know, Dave, it's one of those things is that we look forward to, uh, you know, a, I'm going to say look forward to it, I'm, I'm glad, but as we're looking forward, we're moving forward uh, to a time period where, you know, John Cena, who doesn't really miss a whole hell of a lot of time, uh, whether it's all the guys we speculate on or something completely different. Uh, it's just interesting to think of, especially where you hear the reports of Vince kind of in panic mode, ratings being historically low, six weeks without John Cena. Uh, it's very intriguing to think about where the WWE is going to go here. Well, there's two options when it comes to that. And, this, and these are the two options I think they're 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 realistic, but... Like I said, it's one way or the other, and then they're both realistic options. One, John Cena goes away for six weeks, and you showcase. I think it's a good thing. First of all, let the guy recharge his batteries. Let him do. You know, he's rumored he's going to be doing a reality show. Let him do the. You know, do his thing. Okay, he'll always come back. He's 100. percent You know, to the company. All right. Give other guys an opportunity, see some different matchups, some fresh matchups, okay? We've been seeing over the past year, maybe or so, Cena's role, I wouldn't say it's been limited or diminished, but it's not as, he's not been 
as big of a presence on TV because they are starting to at least um, showcase more of the younger guys like Rollins, like Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, you know, other individuals that, you know, I don't need to go through the list because we've talked about it before. So you, you could go that route and just see who's going to shine in those six weeks that in Cena's absence. And who's somebody that you, after that six weeks you take a look at and go, okay, we got to do more with this person because they really stepped it up. Or here's the other route. I think this is the more realistic route. I mentioned it in my report earlier. Three names. Two of those names seem more likely candidates. Undertaker and The Rock. WWE has done an excellent job this year in terms of trying to make their pay-per-views must-see events by bringing in some older talent, okay, and some some established names like Brock Lesnar. Undertaker's worked more. The Rock was a surprise at WrestleMania. Um, you know, he brought him in for the Royal Rumble to kind of give Roman Reigns a little bit of that rub um, to kind of take take away the heat from his, from being in that in that, that ring with the Philly with the Philadelphia crowd. It would not surprise me at least if one of those two is promoted for, like, Survivor Series or TLC in Boston. You know, these last two pay-per-views coming up after Hell in the Cell. I know Taker's scheduled for Hell in the Cell. It would not shock me if they did something with The Rock at Survivor Series next month to really beef up that pay-per-view. To, to, and maybe maybe he's got a schedule, a period in his schedule where he, he's got a little bit of lag time and he might be able to work a month or two before we head into WrestleMania season. Same thing with Undertaker. Who knows? I just kind of have a feeling with a big name like John Cena out, they'd more likely go the route of trying to pick an established guy to fill that void than to test out some of the young talent to see who could be potentially one of their main players for years to come. And, and yeah, in actuality, when you start to put the word historical in front of ratings drop, um, you know that that's uh, you got to shake things up a bit, and I agree with you. Uh, bringing out an established name to run a program uh, that 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 does make a lot of sense. It wouldn't shock me at all, guys. Enjoy Raw. We'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat station. Thank you to our callers for Dave. I am Ken. Thank you all. Good night, everybody.